KCSBFM Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Ashley Rush, Internal News Director with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, containing COVID in Isla Vista, 28 new cases of COVID-19 in IV were reported between last Friday and Tuesday. There are outbreaks at three residences, and at least two of the houses are linked to a fraternity and sorority. We'll speak with Max Abrams, lead news editor with The Daily Nexus, to get his take on how well Ivy residents are complying with public health orders not to gather, and his big takeaways from the COVID update at yesterday's Board of Supervisors meeting. We'll also discuss the new COVID health enforcement ordinance that was passed in a 3-2 vote at the meeting which will establish fines for public health order violations, including large public gatherings. Later in the show, you'll hear from leaders of two grassroots student groups whose mission is to keep partiers in Isla Vista accountable for their recklessness. First, the coronavirus outbreak in Isla Vista was discussed at this week's Board of Supervisors meeting. Public Health Director Dr. Van Del Reynoso describes the problem and efforts by her department and UCSB's COVID response team to help slow the spread of the disease. I want to make a note here that we are currently, uh, starting last Thursday, experiencing um, several outbreaks in Isla Vista. Uh, We have three outbreaks related to houses, as well as additional uh, cases in the community. The outbreak cases will be reflected uh, next week um, on our 1027 uh, tier assignment. I also want to pause and share with your board that we have been in a joint response with UCSB. Uh, We are both UCSB and public health will be doing community testing. We've expanded our um, uh, testing in IV to include extra hours. We anticipate being able to test IV community at a rate of 150 tests per day this weekend, Friday and Saturday. In addition to testing, we are in joint partnership with UCSB on the contact tracing in order to contain the spread, as well as uh, partnering with UCSB on the supportive services. We have been meeting on a daily basis with their uh, COVID-19 response team, as well as their leadership, and we'll be issuing communication, joint communication to the Isla Vista community anticipation um, tomorrow. That was a portion of yesterday's Board of Supervisors meeting discussing the COVID-19 outbreak in Isla Vista. Max Abrams covered the meeting for the Daily Nexus. Max has been photographing party scenes in IV as part of his Nexus coverage. KCSB's Aubrey Valerio spoke with Max about the risky behaviors he's been seeing that are not in compliance with public health orders to wear face coverings and not gather. As we just heard, IV was a hot topic at this week's County Board of Supervisors meeting. You covered the meeting for the Daily Nexus. What were your big takeaways? I think first things first is like, I think the general consensus, at least in Isla Vista, you know, speaking from a a more community standpoint is that people were, were definitely happy to see the ordinance pass. Um, You know, for for people who maybe don't have the context, this is really the second 
um, iteration of this ordinance the first time um, it failed to pass about a month, month and a half ago at a Board of Supervisors meeting. Um, it was written a little bit differently then. Um, it was written as what was called an urgency ordinance, which would have gone into effect immediately had it been passed. But um, one stipulation with urgency ordinances is that um, they require four um, yeses, at least four yeses to pass. Um, and the vote was three to two. So it fell short of a vote. Now they finally brought it back as a regular ordinance, um, which only needed three votes and uh, it got the three votes it needed. So it ultimately passed today. Um, so for, I think there's a lot of hope, but at the same time, I think a lot of people also feel that this has been a bit long overdue. You know, we're starting to see clusters and outbreaks um, and the county trying to clamp down while working with the UCSB to um, contact trace and uh, ramp up testing efforts. And I guess in retrospect, we could have looked back and thought to ourselves, no, maybe if the county passed an ordinance, you know, six weeks ago, things would have looked different, but at least we have some ordinance now. It's great because it's almost like um, the county is picking up a set of dentures, really. You know, it didn't have any kind of teeth to grasp, nothing to pull on um, without this ordinance um, to allow them to enforce these public health mandates. So this is pretty big, I think, especially for the area of IV. But um, today's discussion definitely didn't come without its fair share of contention. The two supervisors in North County weren't too favorable about it. Um, they, I think there's a lot of issues with, um, you know, looking at Isla Vista and treating it as all unincorporated areas in the county, kind of how this ordinance is written. And those two supervisors were arguing that it really was targeting, this ordinance was targeting specifically Isla Vista, though it is written in more of a sweeping way to encompass all unincorporated areas. Um, and then there's obviously the issues um, that arise from, you know, fining people for having gatherings. And there was the argument that, you know, aside from comorbidities, you know, young people are relatively safe from the virus. Uh, we learned today at the supervisors meeting that uh, the folks in Greek life who are uh, currently tested positive are experiencing at the most mild symptoms, which um, for the most part is just, you know, loss of taste and smell. No hospitalizations. I think out of they said nearly half a million people in Santa Barbara County, there's like 12 people in the hospital right now. So again, it goes back to that argument about, you know, how seriously do we want to take this virus? Um, and I think that's really in the current discussion now. But the bottom line is the ordinance is passed and um, soon we should start seeing some enforcement. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see where that goes, especially with yeah, the, you know, the Greek, the outbreak at the fraternity and sorority house alert that went out to, to campus with the two houses, um, 13 positive cases. And so like, what, what do you know about the story so far besides like what we've now learned from, um, from the supervisors meeting? Well, I don't, I don't know a whole lot more. I can tell you though, from the supervisor meeting that, um, they did say uh, County Public Health has been working with UC Santa Barbara to really devise a bunch of different protocols for these clusters and these outbreaks. And uh, from the sound of it, it seems like they were very prepared for an instance like this. Um, and essentially when they figured out people were getting tested, they pretty much made it open for anyone in Greek life to get tested at UCSB. And um, the county worked with UCSB to hop right on contact tracing and they started really like hounding down people who may have been exposed and try to clamp down as fast as they can. So I think we saw a really good response actually from the university in terms of 
reacting to the cases, maybe not so much preventing it, but on the reaction end, they had a pretty strong response. Um, so hopefully things stay consistent and we don't see cases spiking. You know, we have officially passed the city of Goleta in total cases and are now leading the South County in total cases. And from my most recent understanding, my most recent knowledge, the highest proportion of infected individuals in Santa County, Santa Barbara County is actually the 20 to 29 year old age group. So there's still a lot of arguments that come into play, you know, even though people in Greek life or just people um, college aged in general may again, not have anything more than mild symptoms on paper. Um, it doesn't matter if you're 15 or you're 80, if you are positive, um, the county is going to track that. And that's ultimately going to contribute to our, our positivity numbers and um, our testing numbers. And that could ultimately be the deciding factor as to whether or not we move up a tier or we move back down a tier to the state's watch list. Um, and that can have severe implications, not only for Isla Vista, but for the whole county of Santa Barbara, because then you have movie theaters and other places with indoor facilities shutting back down, small businesses closing back up. So it's not only the threat of infection, it's the threat of you know, economic downturn that can be caused from very preventable behavior in Isla Vista. So we have to think not only for ourselves in this small community, but we also have to think for the entire county. And a lot of people aren't talking about that because I think for the most part, they're not aware. But there's this big domino effect that can happen if these outbreaks continue to manifest in IV. You know, even if it stays within a bubble, if people keep testing positive here, we are under the umbrella of Santa Barbara County. And if these cases continue to get worse, we can go back down and tear to the watch list and things will close up again. And um, that could potentially be at the hands of um, folks here. But in Greek life specifically, I can't say too much. I know student engagement and leadership um, has taken some action against some fraternities. Um, to my understanding, there was a gathering um, at Zeta Beta Tau a week or two ago in the afternoon. There was a video that had gone pretty viral. And to my understanding, that was actually what the university told me was, quote unquote, a gathering of 50 men um, that all lived in ZBT under the same dwelling and could legally be holding those events because they are actually what's considered a house. Now, is it healthy to have 50 people in a house? Probably not, just because that's a high density housing situation, which naturally um, contributes to uh, a higher risk for transmitting COVID. But at the same time, they are legally all you know, under that roof. And uh, from a university standpoint, I don't think there's much they can do. Now, as for other groups like Delta Tau Delta, I was told that um, they were issued a warning for, I believe, a party that was hosted on uh, Oceanside DP a week or two ago. And then I think the university is currently investigating what's going on at ATO. Now, there's probably some other things I'm missing. I've heard, you know, uh, Pi Phi was thrown around a little bit, but again, I can't speak much for it because I just don't have that information. Um, but I think in terms of the general scope of Greek life, that's how things have looked. And I don't know if you wanted to get into this, but I have gone out, you know, in recent weekends and taken more photos. And at the Nexus, we're actually just about to drop a pretty big story about um, us reporting on last Saturday, when which uh, we had a photographer, a videographer, and three reporters go out and really just start doing man on the street interviews and talking to people about why they're out there. So we do have more of an updated perspective on what nightlife is right now. And I'd be more than happy to share that as well. Yeah, definitely. I, that was my next question, you know, like, were you out in IV on Friday night? And like, did the news, uh, do you think the news of the COVID outbreak um, slowed down any of the parties? Like what, what did the general reaction to that look yeah. like for you? No, 
Great question. So this is the third weekend I've gone out. The first weekend I went out was in the end of August. And I think that was really what like the kind of the, 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 the rock that broke the dam a bit with raising awareness about what was going on in IV. And then I went back out a couple weekends ago on a Friday. And that was when I issued another photo set with, in my opinion, even larger gatherings and even more people and even fewer police. And then again, last weekend, I went out um, on Friday and Saturday. And I'll tell you that on Friday, things were pretty busy. Um, there was a good amount of parties, good amount of gatherings, but um, it definitely doesn't look like news of these outbreaks are going to slow anyone down. I think the people who continue to party and continue to go out in large groups have, for the most part, made up their minds a long time ago. So I don't really think that's going to have much of an impact on their general consensus as to, you know, to party or not to party. Um, but on Saturday when I went out and when we went out as a group at the Nexus, I'll tell you that it was a lot more quiet, though there was definitely still large groups and parties. That seems to be a, a constant theme, though it was definitely much smaller on a, on a much smaller scale um, on Saturday. But looking ahead, though, I'm very curious to see how things will look this weekend, this coming, this upcoming weekend, um, because this is the weekend before Halloween. And we know ironically that the Halloween ordinance is actually extremely effective at driving parties away. So with that being said, I don't believe the new public health ordinance will have kicked in by this weekend and neither will the Halloween ordinance because that's for next weekend. So uh, I'm guessing and kind of anticipating uh, a large nightlife presence in Isla Vista this weekend because it seems like the final opportunity for really this town to um, get everything out of its system before these ordinances come in. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But for the most part, things have been quiet. Still a pretty low law enforcement presence. And in terms of um, county public health officers, you know, unarmed, more of a civilian-like presence, um, that's been virtually non-existent in my experience. So I am curious to see how this ordinance will change things. You know, whether law enforcement could be the ones issuing the citations or whether they're going to bring out public health officers. Um, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how this is going to look because things are definitely changes on the changes on the rise. So we'll, we'll see how things look. But for the most part, things seem pretty consistent right now, even in spite of some of these minor outbreaks. But um, we'll, we'll see how things keep looking. What surprises you most about covering COVID-19 in, in Isla Vista? I think at first, maybe I'm not so much surprised anymore, but uh, at first I was definitely surprised by people's reactions. You know, I, I got a lot of thank yous and certainly a lot of appreciation. And I'd like to, you know, return the favor to those that really do appreciate what I'm doing because it's not always the easiest thing. It's exhausting. I'm outside, you know, by myself at 11 p.m. or midnight on a Friday, you know, just walking up and down DP trying to take pictures, but um, gotten a fair share of negative responses. Um, and, you know, sometimes it can be a little frightening, but for the most times it's, it's, it's manageable. And, you know, people are inebriated and um, tensions can flare. And that's just something I have to be, and I've learned to be really cognizant about while I'm outdoors, um, especially at night. Um, and then I've also received some threatening and malicious feedback um, on social media as well. Um, so I think in the beginning, I wasn't expecting those reactions, but there's some people here who really want to continue partying, um, no matter what the costs are. And I guess when they see someone like me, maybe getting in the way of that, um, they feel threatened. And, um, you know, I think something we've been grappling a lot with at the Nexus as, 
you know, this story as this development just gets more and more attention is that, you know, we're not here to narc. We're not here to expose people. We're not here to out people or identify a single person or single them out. We're here to document what's going on in the community. You know, we don't have a lot of folks in Isla Vista covering um, Isla Vista the way we do at the Nexus. And we're trying to use, you know, our advantage of being a hyper-local paper uh, in the sense of documenting our community. And sometimes that involves taking pictures of a house with 30 or 40 people on it. Sometimes that involves going on the street and doing interviews. Sometimes that involves videotaping police interactions with community members. And a lot of people see that as threatening, but at the end of the day, you know, we're just trying to show what's happening. We're just the middleman. We're just the messenger. So with or without us, the same things would still be taking place. So I think a lot of these threats should be put to rest because it's backwards. You know, who is the real threat on the street? A guy with a camera or a global pandemic? That was KCSB's Aubrey Valerio speaking with Max Abrams of the Daily Nexus. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Ashley Rush with KCSB News. Today, we are speaking about containing coronavirus in Isla Vista. 24 new cases were reported over the weekend, with known outbreaks at three residences in IV. Judging by Max's photos and what we've seen covered in the Daily Nexus, the LA Times, and other news outlets, it seems like everyone wants to party in IV. However, this isn't the case. Several student-led organizations are coming together to keep their peers accountable and have been met with overwhelming support. My next guest created an Instagram page and website entitled UCSB Party, which aims to condemn partiers and public safety violations in IV. The account, at ucsb.party, has accumulated over 2,000 followers since its creation in early September. I spoke with the founder, who requested to remain anonymous for his safety. Could you tell me a bit about the UCSB Party Instagram page and website and your mission? So in other words, what do you hope to achieve? Well, the the website is meant to really just inform people about the different factors to consider on why um, partying seems to continue within the community and to give like a behavioral explanation for um, the people who are partying and to offer solutions on the website that uh, people who are in higher positions could uh, implement. And the goal of the Instagram page is to try and really just put everything that is happening into the public eye Mm -hmm. so that more people pay attention to it and then more people can actually implement those solutions instead of uh, the current lack of solutions happening right now. So on your website, you mentioned that you went through the UCSB Reddit, Facebook, and Instagram pages to kind of try to understand the arguments for why students continue to party. What were some of your main findings? My main findings were just um, a lot of individualism has influenced how the sorts of people who go to these things kind of see it. Mm -hmm. They really just see it as an issue 
that they don't need to worry about. So they think it's it's only about them, and they need to they only care about keeping themselves safe or not keeping themselves safe, and they don't think of it as a broad issue that affects other people. What kind of response have you been getting from Ivy residents? Has it been mostly positive or negative? It's been surprisingly extremely positive. Mm-hmm. I would say like 90% of people uh, have a like positive thing to say, maybe even like 95% now, it feels like. There are a few trolls kind of that will just kind of comment things with like no substance and I'll just like get rid of them because I don't need that. And then you mentioned this a little bit, but what solutions do you propose to help curb the spread of COVID in Isla Vista? There's a there's a lot of different things. Um, um, definitely implementing the uh, ordinance, like finding people, actually like creating consequences mm-hmm. um, and things to deter people from partying and really just cracking down on these suspensions because I haven't heard of any one being suspended, even though it's been um, uh, talked about mm-hmm. in the emails, but um, also just things that kind of are a social pressure mm-hmm. on uh, those same individuals that are partying. So like um, just a, a solidarity, like uh, lawn signs that kind of just show support for wearing masks and different items like that, as well as um, just wearing masks and um, maybe making it more obvious how many cases are in Isla Vista Mm -hmm. at the time. So like maybe having like a list on um, Gaucho space, like you log in and then there's like, there are this many cases right now. Maybe we should be worried. Mm -hmm. Gauchos for Transparency is another student-led organization that has gained notoriety for its education and prevention efforts surrounding COVID-19 and IV. I spoke with Izzy Mitchell, president and co-founder of Gauchos for Transparency, who is also the UC Santa Barbara Public Safety Commission Chair. And so in terms of COVID-19 in Isla Vista, um, IV is being called the hotspot for the virus in SB County with recent outbreaks at three houses in IV and 24 new cases over the weekend. What have you and Gauchos for Transparency been doing to educate students about the dangers of social contact and partying during the pandemic? So with COVID, it's very complex because there's a lot of individuals working on this independently. However, what we found was that no one is truly communicating transparently to the student body of what was going on. You know, we would receive all these emails saying like more COVID cases, be safe, stay home. At the same time, we were all left like, okay, what's next? What are we supposed to do as students? And G4T has taken it upon ourselves to really focus on educating students about what COVID really is and also what it also isn't. One of the biggest things that we have been working on, which was just passed this week, was the community health officers, which transformed into the ordinance to be able to find people who are not gathering. And that is really essential to potentially even having the slightest chance of opening in spring quarter or potentially have a graduation. Because currently what we're seeing on social media is just 
you know, yes, not everyone is partying, but we are seeing a lot of people who are not social distancing. And we as an organization are just focused on how can we transparently inform the student body that, hey, this is going on in their home. How can we make IB safer? So we have also decided this quarter to solely focus on COVID projects, which includes harm reduction education. How can you still socialize with your friends and neighbors, but in a safe manner that reduces the risk of being an asymptomatic super spreader? How do you have those conversations with your housemates that, you know, maybe you shouldn't invite your boyfriend who has been jumping around at all these house parties lately, because you are gonna put me at risk from contracting COVID. How do you set yourself up to be most protected against COVID? So you mentioned the ordinance that was passed by the SB County Board of Supervisors this week in a three to two vote, um, which is gonna establish fines for public health order violations, including public gatherings in unincorporated areas of the county like IB. Can you tell me more about what the ordinance means and why Gauchos for Transparency was pushing for it? So this ordinance is critical in stopping and slowing the spread of COVID-19 in Isla Vista. Some leasing companies have taken it upon themselves to hold their residents accountable. On the flip side, some leasing companies have also allowed their residents to hold gatherings. And the administration has said that they have been sending letters to people and coordinating with SBCC and other entities to communicate to these people that, you know, you can't be holding these gatherings and reminding them and trying to educate them that this is extremely unsafe and negligent on their part. However, as we all know, education only goes so far. Police actually have been told to really not necessarily find residents in the county because of the tension between police and um, the general community across the nation. So what we're seeing when you're looking at all these Isla Vista Foot Patrol reports is that they receive a call, they go to the home, and either A, stand outside without wearing a mask, B, stand outside and let the residents know that they shouldn't be throwing the party, or C, just simply reminding them that they're going to receive a letter. And there's really no issuing of fines or any sort of accountability other than telling people, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. It does then call into question, is this procedure the best in place? So with the ordinance, what it essentially does, it enables officials to issue a fine for people who are negligent in holding these egregious gatherings in Isla Vista, in unincorporated parts of the county, to ensure that there is a procedure in place that allows for residents who are practicing safe social distancing behaviors to feel comfortable and safe in their own community. It really isn't to target people and, you know, specifically target people who may not want to wear masks 24 seven. That is not what it's doing. All it's saying is, you know, all these parties that we're seeing being reported and all these parties that are going you know, with a slap on their wrist, uh, if at all, they now will receive a fine for doing this, which starts at $100 and can go up to $500. And honestly, like, I do not see that people will be willing to do this because it will also require them to go to court. And I think if we continue to spread awareness about this new ordinance, what we're going to be seeing is a reduction in these 
big gatherings because people will be on the lookout. People already are on the lookout for events and it will just put pressure from community members to their peers to not hold gatherings because everyone wants to go back to campus. Everyone wants to go back to their normal lives. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. For COVID-19 information and resources specific to the Isla Vista community, visit kcsb.org slash COVID-19-resources. I'm Ashley Rush. Our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. This is 91.9 FM KCSB.